top four, the cloud of a forgetting. So you will need to put a cloud of forgetting beneath you, between you and everything that was ever created. Cloud of unknowing, chapter five. Forgetting things is a common problem for us as we grow older. That's certainly beginning to be a bit of a problem for me. I forget people's names. When I arrive upstairs, I forget what I came to fetch, what I ate for my main meal yesterday. But when our author talks about a cloud of forgetting, he's not talking about experiencing a lapse of memory or a mental blackout or anything of that kind. He means a conscious intention to put aside everything we know about or could be imagined. All thoughts, ideas, memories, hopes, fears, fantasies, whatever occupies our mind. He is, of course, tackling the problem of mental distractions. Now, for anyone who tries to pray, any kind of prayer at all, mental distractions are always a problem. Neuroscientists tell us that even when we are asleep, our minds never switch off. Thousands of neurons are buzzing away. Even when we are asleep, our unconscious minds are far from idle. And when we are conscious and awake, our minds are extremely active observing, sensing, hearing things, and then processing all these data, relating them to our experience, our memories, our fears and hopes, this is life. But when we wish to pray, we need to reduce that volume of mental activity in order to free up our minds so that we can focus on God. Now, mental distractions are a problem for anyone who prays. You can be sure that when we try to practice contemplative prayer, they are an even greater problem. For now, we are deliberately leaving aside all our thoughts, even our holy thoughts, our godly aspirations, in order to come entirely naked before God. You must, our author tells us, put a thick cloud of forgetting between you and everything that's ever existed. You must tread them down, trample them under your feet, hide them, cover them with a thick cloud of forgetting. During the time of our contemplative prayer, we must treat them as if they did not exist. In other words, make a deliberate act and intention of putting out of reach, shelving all thoughts, calculations, plans, hopes, fears, imaginings, dreams, and all the rest of your normal daily mental activity. In a word, you are to become totally focused on God and God's presence with you, whether you are actually aware of God's presence or not, whether God seems present or seems absent. The cloud author has an acute understanding of the human psyche. He's very well aware of just how almost impossible is this intention to drop everything else except the intention to be with God into the cloud of forgetting. So, first he points out how easy it is to mistake the way to approach God. He says, perhaps it will seem to you that you are far distant from God because the cloud of unknowing is between you and him, but in fact, rightly understood, you are much further from God when you have no cloud of forgetting between you and everything was created. The cloud of unknowing is really no problem to us since once we have grasped that thinking our way to God doesn't work, love and only love will lead us to take us to God. It's thoughts which are the obstacle to finding God. So just drop all your mental activity into the cloud of forgetting. So this is how our author advises his readers about intrusive thoughts. If any thought rises up and keeps wanting to force itself above you and asks you, what are you seeking? Say that it's God you would have. I want him. 
I seek him and nothing but God. And therefore say, get back down and tread the thought down firmly with a sterling of love, even though it seems to you most holy and as though it would help you to seek God. He goes on to explain how such thoughts do not help you, no matter how good and holy they may be, because once we succumb to the thinking part of our brain, we become, in his words, scattered, that is, fragmented, uncentered, pursuing random paths. Notice carefully, he is in no way rejecting reflective, what he calls sweet reflections on the love of God, the passion of Christ. Far from it. In fact, he acknowledges their desirability and indeed great importance in preparing ourselves for contemplative prayer. But when we have made such spiritual preparations, he says, we must always lead them and push them and hold them down far beneath the cloud of forgetting if ever we are to pierce the cloud of unknowing between us and our God. Chapter 7 Once again, we recall that the key to his teaching is that it is only by beating on the thick cloud of unknowing with a sharp dart of longing love that we find our oneness with God. The cloud of unknowing constantly returns to the theme of the impossibility of thoughts, however good, holy or promising, being able to lead us into unity with God. Our mental images of God are always too limited, too distorted, too small and therefore imperfect. They get in the way of simply resting in God's loving presence. Years ago, a classmate of mine at our theological college, where I trained to be a priest, asked one of our teachers, an experienced priest and monk, what is your personal image of God? He replied, a beam of brilliant light. Is that image helpful to you? What is your image of God? Is it the same as it was when you were a child, an adolescent, or even ten years ago? Is it possible for any of us, however wise we are, to have a fully mature image of God? So you will need to put a cloud of forgetting beneath you, between you and everything that was ever created.